Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to The Parenthood, the podcast that discusses all things parenting. We've always prided ourselves on talking about everything, no matter how gory, depressing or embarrassing. Of all the things we don't want to talk about when we're pregnant, stillbirth is probably at the top of that list. But not talking about it isn't going to mean it's not a risk, quite the opposite in fact. Scientists and doctors are constantly asking what we can do to reduce the stillbirth rate and today, Tommy's baby charity, have published research that says that sleeping on your back in your final trimester can double the risk of stillbirth. We're recording this bonus episode in November 2017, the day the MINES study has been published in the British Journal of Obstetrics and Gynaecology. It's really important to take information like this in context. So with me today, I've got Dr. Kiara Hunt, and we're going to go through this research so that pregnant women can do all they can to ensure the healthy arrival of their babies. So Kiara, miserable subject, but let's start with stillbirth. Um, what is it and you know, how common is it? So uh, a lot of people don't really know the difference between miscarriage and stillbirth, but stillbirth is basically uh, the death of a baby before it's been born after 24 weeks of pregnancy. And it's not common. It's not something that we want pregnant women to worry about. But um, so statistically, it's about 4,000 stillbirths every year in the UK, which I think sounds like quite a big figure, but it's about one in about 220 pregnancies in the UK will end in a stillbirth. So, you know, anything we can do to prevent it, we should do. And surprisingly, in the UK, we have one of the highest stillbirth rates of any developed country, don't we? That's right, which is which is surprising. So really I think important that this, this research is taking place, isn't it? So tell me a little bit about the study. What exactly did it look at? So I spoke uh, to Professor Alex Hiesel, who is the clinical director of Tommy's Stillbirth Centre at St Mary's Hospital Manchester, who carried out this study that's been published today in um, the British Journal of Obstetrics and Gynaecology. And it's called the MINIS study, and it's basically the largest study looking at maternal sleep positions, so the position mothers sleep in and the risk of stillbirth. Um, it's, it was a reasonably sized study. It looked at two lots of women, so 291 women who'd had a stillbirth and 735 women who'd had a live birth. And they found that the risk of stillbirth more than doubled in women who regularly went to sleep lying on their backs in the last trimester, that's after 28 weeks of pregnancy. So, you know, it was it was quite a statistically significant finding. So it's led to Tommy's to promote this side to sleep campaign to try and get the message out there to all pregnant women that it really is safest to go to sleep um, on your side you know, in the last 
so a third of your pregnancy. And so in terms of the study, how was it carried out? It was women, were they asked questions? How, how did they evaluate what yeah, the risk quite a, was? It's quite a difficult study to do, but essentially what they did is they asked, um, they went through quite a detailed questionnaire uh, with both groups of women, the women who had the stillbirths and the women who, the control group who were interviewed in their pregnancy. Um, they didn't know, the women involved in the study didn't know that they were looking into sleep position related to stillbirth, but they knew that they were being asked various sort of questions to determine the sort of medical, environmental and lifestyle factors that can affect pregnancy and the well-being of the baby. Um, so they, regardless of them not knowing, it did emerge that the sleeping on the back was a risk factor. And actually, this is so this going to sleep on the back. And that's an important yes. uh, determination that we will talk about in a bit. Mm. But it is a going to sleep rather than waking up on your back that was important. And because the this study backed up previous studies, didn't it? Um, previously run so in Australia been, and There had been two smaller studies, uh, one in Australia and one in New Zealand that had had a similar outcome that had also shown this this association between position that you go to sleep in and stillbirth. Um, but this is the largest study that's ever been done, and it has confirmed the suspicions that it is, you know, something we need to all be thinking about. So, why do they think that lying on your back doubles the risk of stillbirth? Because it's doubles. It's not just a small increase. It's they think that it's uh, doubles the risk of stillbirth. Because, I mean, we at the bump class have been teaching women for years that, you know, don't lie on your back in your last trimester, mainly because uh, it will make the mother feel awful because of the restricted blood flow to the mother as opposed to the baby. What What's changed? Or have, have they discovered anything new? Yeah. I mean, they've shown this risk, but they don't know exactly why it is that when mothers go to sleep on their back, this risk seems to increase. We know that the weight of the, the baby in the uterus at the end of the pregnancy is is a lot. When And in what it does when a mother lies on the back, it compresses one of the main blood vessels that runs up the mother's spine um, and therefore restricts the blood flow in the mother to various organs uh, like her lungs or her brain. So she'll often wake feeling a bit dizzy or a bit um, short of breath if if you're lying on your back. And uh, we didn't think this had a particularly large impact on the fetus because normally the mother would would change positions before it would impact the fetus. But um, it, it's looking like actually that might not be the case and perhaps the fetus would be affected um, earlier than, than we, we thought. thought. I mean, Alex um, Hazel mentioned that he thought it might be, you know, especially when a baby is already a bit vulnerable, that this back going to sleep lying on the back can sort of be the tipping point and potentially uh, you know uh, just be the straw that broke the camel's back um so not necessarily the only reason but a factor in mm. sort of slightly more reasons maybe yes. reasons that and we don't understand all, st all stillbirths will be multifactorial there'll be lots of different uh, reasons generally that, that that the tragedy happens but it was really interesting so when we were talking to him he was telling us about one of the studies in New Zealand where they actually looked at the cardiac output of the mothers depending on the position they were in so they did MRI scans on pregnant women lying on their back and then lying on their side and they found that women lying on their back their, their cardiac output so the amount of blood that's pumped out of the heart in each beat was reduced by two-thirds in women lying on their back compared to and women that's not got lying to affect their, you know the, the baby if it's by well, that much. for a prolonged period of time, that would ultimately start to affect the baby, absolutely. So pretty compelling evidence. Um, we obviously do need to take this advice quite seriously. Um, but as with many things in pregnancy, sometimes it's easier said than done. So just basically, the recommendation is for mothers to 
always go to sleep on their sides rather than their backs during their third trimester. Yeah. And this also goes for naps during the day. That's really important too. Yeah. Don't think just because you're sort of propped up on a sofa, you can be on your back. You need to be on your side wherever you go to sleep. Yeah. If it's a nap or any period of sleep, the advice is to be on your side if you can be. And I know that, you know, some people say oh, it's much better to lie on your li- left side than your right side. So that's something we always um, used to tell people, actually. But looking at the evidence that's come out more recently in various different trials, it doesn't seem to make much difference whether it's the left or right side. So the message is now it doesn't really matter what side you lie on as long as it's your side, not your back. And I think that's probably a relief for most pregnant women because actually only having one side to lie on is, is, is going to be quite difficult to do. So that's good to know that you can actually lie on both sides. Yeah. What about, and I'm sure this is what a lot of pregnant women are listening to this thinking, oh my goodness, I went to sleep on my side and I woke up on my back. Is this the end of the world? It's not, is it, Kiara? You are absolutely fine. You haven't harmed your baby necessarily. No, and that's really important to be clear about. This study looked at the position women went to sleep in, not the position they woke up in. Uh, and therefore, the risk that, we, that we're looking at is, is, is that of going to sleep on your side. And actually, the position you go to sleep in is the position that you hold for the longest during sleep. So the likelihood is, if you've gone to sleep on your side and woken up on your back, that you haven't actually been on your back for very long. Yeah, and also realistically, women in the third trimester usually get up at least once in the night yeah, to go to the loo. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think the message is, if you wake up on your back, please don't stress. Because actually just that stress, if you're kind of spending the rest of the night not sleeping and worrying because you woke up on your back, that's arguably more damaging because we know that sort of stress levels aren't great for sort of pregnancy. So if you do find yourself waking up on your back, just turn back onto your side and go to sleep. As long as you're going to sleep on your side, then you're doing the right thing. Exactly right. So, but what about tips? I mean, are there any tips for preventing women from rolling onto their backs while they're sleeping? And any suggestions to prevent that? I think everyone sleeps in such different ways um, that it, it's difficult. But I think one of the suggestions, which is quite sensible, is perhaps go to sleep on the side you wouldn't normally go to sleep on because you're likely to sort of roll over in the night and make yourself comfortable on the other side, which you might not do if you went to sleep on the side you're most comfortable in. So that's a good tip. Using pillows, wedges, anything that's going to keep you comfortable on your side, just use as many as you need. Extra duvets sort of wrapped behind you. Um can help I know that there are I mean if you look online there are loads of sort of ideas and devices for people who lie on their back and snore to prevent snorers from kind of going onto their backs I mean someone told me once that uh, she'd sewn tennis balls into her husband's pajamas so that he'd be too uncomfortable lying on the back is this something that pregnant women should be doing should we be sewing well, tennis it's balls quite, into it's our quite pajamas? a good uh, tip for, for for snorers I'd say uh, I'm not sure if I was pregnant heavily pregnant my last trimester I'd particularly want tennis balls sewn down the back of my pajamas pajamas but you know listen it, it depends on the situation you're in. if you're someone who's had a stillbirth before who is particularly anxious who wants to do everything they can and and is going to lose sleep not going to sleep because they're so worried about being on their back then maybe sewing tennis balls in the back of of your pajamas might might help but i think for most people that's probably a step too far yeah. i know there are other devices that that actually that uh, they use for snorers um sort of uh special pillows that is uncomfortable to be on your back and 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 devices that make it uncomfortable so you can look at those certainly sort of yeah, have a look and see what, what, what snorers use but I think that's that's unnecessary for most people yeah what about sleeping on your stomach 
So actually, there's no evidence that sleeping on your stomach does any harm to your baby. But and certainly in the first and beginning of the second trimester, if especially if it's your first baby, that's quite possible. It's it's quite comfortable. But most women find that as your bump starts getting a bit bigger, it's not a position you find very comfortable. Being on the bump class and, and teaching the classes, I'm constantly hearing from women in their third trimesters how difficult it is to sleep. Um, and obviously sleep is very important when you're pregnant. You probably need more sleep when you're pregnant. I mean, some people say that uh, pregnancy is designed to get you ready for the lack of sleep that you're inevitably going to experience once your baby's born, which I think is possibly nature being incredibly mean. Um, <laughs> <seem> rather unfair. <laughs> <laughs> but a few general tips about sort of making sleep easier in pregnancy. I mean, I, for one, found making my bed softer was actually really, really useful. They say that, especially if you've got a firm mattress, people who are quite light tend to prefer firm mattresses and people who are heavier prefer softer mattresses. And very often then when you're pregnant, you're going from a light person to a slightly heavier person because of the weight that you're putting on inevitably during your pregnancy. So you may well find it comfortable with a softer mattress. So I'm not saying change your mattress, but think there are certain things that you can do to make your bed actually slightly softer. Um, either get a sort of mattress topper to go over your mattress or even putting like a spare duvet underneath your sheet can just soften what is uh, potentially a sort of firm mattress and I think that does actually make a huge amount of difference just for that last few weeks months of your pregnancy otherwise there's loads of pillows that uh, you can use I think a lot of women feel that it's really good to be supported, have a little bit of support um, around the sort of bump. Also, pillows between the knees actually really helps, especially if you've got sort of uh, pelvic problems. Um, there are loads of pregnancy pillows on the on the market that sort of wrap around your belly and through your legs. Again, from experience, people tell me that they work great for a couple of weeks, but then they sort of outgrow them. They get too heavy and too big for these kind of pillows. And actually what works best is an extra duvet or loads of extra extra pillows, which I'm a bit more of a fan of just because you can always reuse extra duvets and extra pillows. You know, specific pregnancy pillows are then a bit more difficult to kind of find useful after your, after your baby's being born. But do sort of experiment because obviously sleep is really important and you do want to have as much of it as you can. So spend the time and spend a bit of time experimenting to make your bed a slightly more comfortable place. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's good advice. Sunbathing is another time that we sort of lie down for those lucky enough to have a little bit of a of a holiday um, before they give birth. Well, those of you or... who live in a nice sunny climate, exactly. uh, no, that's that's true actually. And this advice about not being on your back is 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 relevant actually. Most people would sunbathe on their back, and I think the advice would be if you are awake and sunbathing instead of reading, then just make sure the back of the the sun lounger is propped up so that you're not flat on your back. And if you do fancy a bit of a doze either in the sun or in the shade, then then put the sun lounger flat and lie on your side to sleep as is the advice and presumably I mean we had a question emailed to us can I exercise on my back I think I know the answer to this yeah the answer is no absolutely not and that's been something that pregnant women have been advised about for a long time now that it's not safe to do any sort of form of exercise on your back um, so particularly the yoga and pilates and that sort of thing and the yoga and pilates teachers know that and they won't be advising that you are exercising on your back because so. exercise is obviously really important in pregnancy and actually you know being fit and you know, not too yeah. overweight in your pregnancy is a really good thing it reduces the risk and of then, but there's lots of forms of exercise you can do not on your back uh, certainly exercise just don't don't risk your pregnancy during the exercise and if you have a teacher if you're doing a class and they're suggesting doing exercises on your back it's probably time to change teacher because Absolutely. you want to have someone who knows what they're talking about and what the sort of specific risk factors are um obviously stillbirth is something that 
is a horrific idea um, for all of us. Um, and I think while we're talking about this, it's probably worth just mentioning what other things you can do to mitigate the risk. Probably the most important thing is being aware of your baby's movements, isn't it? It's your baby's movements. Most women find that sort of, but certainly by the third trimester, there is a bit of a pattern to the movements and that pattern becomes quite familiar. It might be that your baby is really active first thing in the morning or last thing at night or as you're sitting on the tube going to work. Babies' movements differ individually, but a lot of mothers really notice that there's a sort of familiar pattern. And I think you're right. I think the pattern is the important thing because the movements do change, you know, and the movements will change, you know, when you start feeling the the baby move for the first time it will be more like butterflies whereas as the baby gets a bit bigger and has a bit more space you'll get proper little punches and then as the baby gets really quite big you'll just notice a sort of shifting of the baby in the uterus and it's much less sort of forceful so um, the movements themselves and the way you feel them does change but their pattern shouldn't change and the amount of times a day you feel your baby move shouldn't change and and if it does even if it's just a little bit and you're not quite sure always go and have it checked out, go and see your midwife, go to your hospital, go and see your doctor and don't take any risks. With yeah, I mean, it's quite common movements. for women, especially when they're busy during the day, maybe not to notice the movements quite enough, quite as much as they might do when they're sort of resting and sleeping. So what we always advise, if you've sort of been aware that maybe you haven't felt any movements for a bit, sit down or lie down on your side because very often when you're sitting and focusing you will then realize that actually the movements are happening drink something ideally something's cold or something even that's a bit sweet that very often sort of um spurs the movements moving, on. Yeah. and if you have any concerns if you're not feeling any movements give your hospital a ring it's not the thing that you think oh i'm i've got a midwife check the day after tomorrow so i'll ask her then it's something you want to check out immediately absolutely in, in britain I'm, we're a bit worried about sort of disturbing the doctors and and that's something that's ridiculous for pregnant women because actually they you know you realize when you call up a hospital you're not waking anyone up you know? absolutely <laughs> they're there to help you there's always someone on duty yeah, so I think the movements is important and then obviously just having as healthy a pregnancy as you can make sure you're you're eating well but not too much you're exercising regularly you're not smoking or being in a smoking environment not drinking alcohol so just you know, have as healthy pregnancy as you can and that will we got one message from um, someone who said, should she get a home Doppler? A Doppler is that device that the uh, midwife uses to listen to the baby's heartbeat. What's your view on that, Kiara? Where you can hear the baby's heartbeat. Um, I always advise my patients not to. I think it heightens anxiety. You know, the Doppler machines are designed for medical professionals to use and they can often be misleading. Very often you might not find a heartbeat and you'll be so anxious about that. You'll rush straight into hospital or, or you might well hear a heartbeat that's yours and not the baby's. They're not the easiest to use and I think I don't think it's a sensible thing for a pregnant woman to have I think it's a yeah I suppose you know the misuse of them can cause undue stress but yeah. also potentially uh, you know put you know reassure, reassure people yeah. uh, uh, inaccurately you know the key is if you're worried about or anxious about anything in your pregnancy speak to your midwife for further information about what we've talked about today do have a look at the tommy's website it's tommies.org it's a great resource and a great midwife-led pregnancy health service it's really important the last thing we want to do with this kind of podcast is scare women we just want to make sure that everyone gets the vital information that you need to go to sleep on your side in your final trimester a lot of you probably already know this but it's important to spread the word send your friends a link to this podcast so they understand how important the information is you can hashtag it with sleep on side hashtag to the parenthood 
And for more podcasts like this, or even just to suggest other topics for us to delve into, do follow us on Instagram. Please do subscribe to The Parenthood. If you found this useful, also rate us, follow us on Instagram. Thanks, Kiara, for being with us today. And thank you all for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.